And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Chase podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice. We're here talking about your battling Toronto Bow Jays being dragged over the finish line by Bo Bichette and other Blue Jays who are not Bo Bichette. Exciting time to be a Blue Jays fan. Exciting time to read The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash spin rate. Subscribe. Get everything you need to know now. Long weekend. Labor Day weekend. Shout out to all the minor leaguers signing those union cards. One episode this week. It's me, your host, your fair service, and the co- my co-host, former Blue Jays all-star. Joins me from beautiful downtown Los Angeles, sort of. Ricky Romero. Ricky, how are you? I'm doing great, man. We'll just call it by the beach. By the beach. By the beach. It's burning here in California, man. Southern California, usually beach area, you have a little bit of a breeze every single day. I have never slept with like our sliding, because we don't have AC, because again, the ocean breeze, you get all that good stuff. We sleep with both sliding doors open, windows, or curtains completely open. It's crazy how hot it is. Is it a heat dome? Is that what they're calling it? Like a heat dome that's just sort of sitting? Because that's what happened in like Vancouver last year was the heat just sat. Yeah. It didn't go anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been crazy. We're getting a crazy heat wave and this weekend was insane. <laughs> when I'm telling you it was insane, like it was too hot to be anywhere. We had a fantasy, our fantasy football draft and everyone's like, hey, dude, do you have any fans here? And I'm like, no, like I live by the beach. I never, I've never had to use this type of stuff. And yeah, man. But other than that, everything's great. Football season this week. Blue Jays are playing great baseball. As you mentioned, the Bojays. The Bojays. Are, are playing great baseball. And it's been fun, man. I mean, they needed to get on this kind of roll. And definitely a big game today. Winning the series against the Baltimore Orioles would be huge. And taking three out of four from them. They got the perfect guy on the mound. So I'm excited for this show. There's lots to dig into. And little scuffle last night. I wouldn't even call it a scuffle. Just a little back and forth but all that stuff i think is good i mean this is this it this is crunch time drew and i feel like the tensions are going to be a little bit higher and and everyone wants to win so hey i'm all for it it is definitely september baseball it looks and feels like september baseball maybe not in southern california but as the seasons are slowly beginning to change here in uh southern ontario and in uh, maryland where it was rainy but like not too hot things are heating up on the field this we'll talk a little bit about this series with Baltimore, we'll look ahead, talk about some of the controversy, the controversy that came out of uh, Tuesday night's game, which of course saw a lot of things to talk about. Let's start with the doubleheader, actually. You can't o- un- overstate how important sweeping that doubleheader is when it comes to this four-game series. It just set them up so well. Number one, the worst thing you can do now is split. You know, the pressure's on Baltimore. They're the team that's chasing you as well. So while they got the win on Tuesday, if the Blue Jays win here on Wednesday, 
that's huge for the series. Like you said, they've got Alec Manoa going. Uh, the offense is looking better, you know, thanks in no small part to, to Bobichet, as we talked about. But I, I don't know. What do you think? Just the ability to w- take both those games in that doubleheader on Monday just seems to me so, so huge for this, for this season, for this series and the season series and the entire idea of the Orioles chasing in behind the Blue Jays. Yeah. And, and I'll backtrack a little bit, Drew. To, it it kind of got started by this weekend. They go into Pittsburgh and they needed to take care of business there. They sweep the series, but it started with Alec Manoa on Friday night, him going seven and a third. And I think the key was the next day when they had that bullpen day and they kind of, you know, everything kind of fell into place for them. And it was like, okay, boom, they got bullpen day. They got a big W. Stripling goes six innings. And then it kind of allowed them to have, obviously, Gosman, Barrios, and a fresh bullpen ready to roll into that doubleheader. And when you get six and two-thirds from Gosman and you get six-plus from from Barrios, huge. I mean, we've been saying this all along. It's going to be all up to the starting pitching. And this team's going to go as far as their starting pitching takes them. These are the key guys. Yes, it's good to have an offense. It's good to have, you know, six, seven runs on the board. But if they're not pitching, it don't mean anything. And and, and it almost just like when Manoa did what he did in Pittsburgh and it kind of just, you know, the next guy took the ball and did the same thing and then it just kind of went down the down the line and when you have your two horses and Gossman and Barrios going out there and, and doing their thing I mean it's it's huge you can't explain how big that is and to take two in Baltimore a team that's kind of had a lot of success against the Jays this season too but they did their thing and everything kind of fell into place and uh, I think during that stretch prior to last night in five games they give up 11 runs and I mean that's that's a little over two runs a game. So your your chances of winning are going to be really really high when you when you do that type of stuff. And again, um, you gotta you gotta tip your hat off to to the starting staff, to the bullpen, and obviously that fifth starter still remains a big question. I don't know what you do there. I'm sure we'll dig into that. But yeah, aside from last night, I mean the the starters are doing their thing. The starting pitching is the real difference maker for this and any team. All right, lots of teams can score. The Blue Jays' offense hasn't been like blowing the doors off people in the way we kind of maybe expected them to do you know when you look at a lot of the numbers as far as the team has gone um they are not too different from from last year relative to the to the league average but this blue jays team is so strange you know we they wait they've been on these crazy stretches right where they win they win seven of eight you know in new york and baltimore and boston then they get swept by the angels then they win seven of eight basically again you know, even and that's just going through Chicago, going through Pittsburgh, and then taking those first two in that in that series against Baltimore. But just one good trip through the rotation after another, and it doesn't mean that everyone's coming out there shoot, throwing eight shutout innings. It's not the way the game is anymore. But six six good innings, you know, six and two thirds good innings. You know, managing you know managing the game, keeping the runs off the board. You know, Jose Barrios, his first time through the order when on his start, he was getting hit hard. He was getting hit hard, but then he, he start, sorted it out, and that's. To me, that's the difference, right? And that's that's why I, in the last week or whenever I'm asked, it's like, yeah, absolutely, you you trust Jose Barrios going into a into a playoff series? Yeah, absolutely, Jose Barrios is going to be, you know, when he has a bad start, the, the questions start to start to come and people get a little worried. But it's like that's the difference, right? The difference between what we saw from like a guy like Mitch White, who the wheels kind of came off, and it's hard to put them back on. But Barrios can kind of make work his way through. You know, his stuff is so good. As soon as he is able to kind of find that fastball, get his his mechanics that little tiny tweak and then he's off to the races right and and he's and he's pitching well and he's the next thing you know you look up it's bottom of five 
you're like, oh, wow, he got hit pretty hard that first time through the order. But now it's like he's through five, he's given up two, right? And like that's the mark of, of a, a, to me, a good pitcher, a guy who's not at his best. But I, and I think that's what we're what we've seen with all the Blue Jays too, and it makes me think of where I want to go next, which is Bo Bichette, right? Bo Bichette struggled all year long, but even though he was struggling, he was still an above average hitter. You know, you could see as plain as day that he's not what you expect. He's not what he expects. He's not what he's what he's capable of doing, right? But at his worst, he was like what his OPS plus or his weighted run created plus was 102, 103. Maybe dips down to ninety eight for a couple of days, and it's back up just over the league average. And then all it takes is one crazy streak like this, one ballpark that is just like one ballpark and pitching staff that's really suited to his swing. And then the balls are going out to right field and that sets him up. Then he's able to pull one, right? And then he hits that bomb to center field. Like just a great hitter. It's, it's who he is. And, and it, it's easy to, it's easy to poo-poo him, I think, a little bit when you see his approach and you see him down 0-2 and you see him taking wild hacks in the first pitch. But it's like he can do a ton of damage. And that's what makes him such a valuable player. He plays every single day. When he's bad, he's not even that bad. When he's good, he's as good as it gets, right? So really, really easy to root for and be so impressed with what you see, we see from Bo Bichette right now. Yeah, and, and you, you said it best. He plays every single day. And I know this guy, this guy I think we, we touched on it a little bit last week, receives a lot of criticism, but he goes out there and he's grinding every single day you see emotion out of him lately you've seen a little bit more emotion out of him and he's a winner man he's a guy that wants to win uh, i've had talks with guillermo martinez and he's like boba shit is a damn winner and that t- talk about a guy who's in that cage trying to figure it out every single day working hard that's stuff that we don't see we we sit out here sometimes and and we want to criticize a guy oh like what is he doing why is he swinging at that and it's like <laughs> As we've said it before, right, Drew? I mean, from the couch, we can hit every pitch. We can throw any pitch. We can hit any pitch. We can catch any any line drive at us or whatever. But again, the, the guy, it's the man in the arena. And, and, and Bo has stuck to his plan. And he, he, he continues to say it in his interviews. I am a confident man. I, I know what I need to do. And I, I, I'm confident in my abilities. And I'm sure he stuck to his plan. And I, I, I'm sure at the end... When he was laying his head on that pillow, he's like, all right, I, I know if I trust my process and I trust my plan, everything's going to work itself out. And what better time for it to work out than right now? I mean, the guy is hitting everything. And I think the biggest thing that you see out of him is the way he's taking pitches. Like you see it now and you're just like, OK, he is locked in. And as a former pitcher uh, myself, when a guy's doing that to you, you, you know that you're like, OK, like I'm really, really going to have to make sure I don't make a mistake to this guy because you can tell when they're seeing it well, their feet are moving, they're kind of like going with the pitch, they're seeing that change up down, they're seeing that curveball down, and and they're not flinching. And usually when a hitter's struggling, he's flinching at certain pitches and stuff like that. But when you see a guy locked in like that, you're like, okay, I got to make a pitch and just hope that he gets himself out. And that's the type of thing that Bo's got going on right now. He's just seeing the ball well. Anything that's pitch, you're just – as a pitcher, you got to tip your hat off to it. You're like, wow, how did he hit that? Okay, well, he's locked in. Uh, I believe not his last hit last night because last hit he got jammed and, and it fell. But the one where he went to right field, the double where he went to right field, I mean, he was beat on that pitch almost. And he just kind of kept the barrel through the zone and boom, he pokes it into the right down the right field line. And next thing you know, it's a double. And it's like, wow, this guy is on another level right now. And again, it couldn't have come at a better time and good for him. Good for him because, <laughs> like, like I said, he's faced a lot of criticism. But 
I think he's the one smiling and having that last laugh right now. He is showing, you know, who he is, right? Like this is the guy he can be and 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 that's why they play 162 games and it's it's that added pressure of playing every day, like I said. I mean, his numbers are 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 now where we expect them to be at the end of the season and because we're getting close to the end of the season and sometimes it takes that time. A hot start, a slow start, it's not a reflection necessarily of the of a guy's talent, of the work that gets put in. There was a kind of school of thought that there are no like hot streaks, right? I mean, hot streaks. There are so many moving parts, right? In a guy's swing, in his mentality, in his approach, in his the way that his body is going to respond to this kind of stuff. So that when all those things can kind of line up, and then that's when you can see someone as talented as Bo, that floor is high and that ceiling is really high. And he's really kind of um, putting on an amazing display in that in a ballpark that he loves, loves hitting in. He absolutely destroys <laughs> Camden Yards. I was looking at it. He's got like a, an 1100 OPS in that park <laughs> over his career. He's got eight home runs. Uh, he's hit, he's got in his career, he's got 67 home runs. He's hit, I think, 11 of them maybe now in, uh, at, at Camden Yards. Huge. You know, that right field fence is just like made for him just to take shots at it going the other way. Well, if he ever became a free agent, we know where he's signing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> They'll back up the truck. He's got an 1182 OPS. He's got nine home runs in his career at Camden Yards, five triples, and then just all those other five doubles and all those other extra base hits. And also the biggest thing is he's not striking out right now, which is crazy because he's a guy, like you said, sometimes when you're watching a game and the first swing he takes, you're just like, whoa, whoa like what, what was he looking for there? And and it's just it's it's just the bow way. It's what he does. And again, a guy that's seeing it well right now and not striking out just tells you where he where he is mentally and, and, and physically and, and how he's seeing the ball. And you can't say it enough about it couldn't happen at a better time with the team that was, you know, obviously coming off a tough homestand with the Angels and then the Cubs. I mean, they, they did their thing, but he's picking it up at the right time. This is a confident team. And I, I believe George Springer said, I, I don't even think we're playing our best baseball yet. And, and it's crazy to think that the ceiling is that high for this team because it is. We've all been waiting for it and we've seen flashes of it throughout the season, but it just hasn't been consistent. That production has come from different spots in the lineup, but we still haven't seen it where even the top five guys, you know, it's easy for someone like me, I belly ache sometimes about the depth guys, you know, the bottom of the order sometimes is, can can get a little ugly um, when you've got guys like poor Ronald Tapia, who's just going really going through it right now. Jackie Bradley Jr. who has good game, you know, here and there, but still is, is a guy who's on the downside of his career. Uh, Danny Jansen, who had a bit of a rough go until he kind of saved the day, whatever that was last week. But uh, I don't think we've even seen the top four hitters in the Blue Jays lineup kind of all going at the same time. Because if you can get that, right, that's when it just becomes really scary. Like right now, we're not seeing a ton from from Vlad, right? He looked like he hit that ball hard to center field last night, but just not maybe got it off the end of the bat a little bit, hitting a lot of ground balls. You know, Matt Chapman is, is is that same guy who has that same same approach at his approach, we've talked about it so much, about staying in the big part of the field where how many times we've seen him at fly balls of the warning track or fly balls right in front of the fence, but it's the deepest part of the park where if he got frustrated, he could have been like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to start yanking stuff down the line. But that's not where when he's at his best. So you know, maintaining that strong focus, understanding who you are, what makes you successful, it's big. And, and the Blue Jays, maybe they are still a disappointment relative to what we thought or some folks thought or expected them to be. But like, they're right there, and 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 if they can go and, and win another game against Baltimore, that would really put some significant breathing room between between those two teams and give the Blue Jays one last thing to to think about. Um, speaking of things to think about, 
what do we think about this dust up? Brian Baker, <laughs> Teoscar Hernandez, who's been swinging, swinging the bat well of late as well. But uh, so crazy that, uh, not crazy, just odd. And the Blue Jays players' comments coming out about um, Brian Baker kind of eyeballing the dugout and really like kind of taking the fact that he wasn't able to crack the lineup personally. Did you see the Arash Mandani tweet? No, which one? It says, the best chirp I heard about Brian Baker in the Blue Jays clubhouse tonight. And remember, he was in the organization from 2018 to 2021 and promoted to the big league team last season. The best thing that guy ever did was win a March Madness pool. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. Yikes. Ah, Low blow, man. But hey, what do I think of it? I agree with what Vladdy said. I'm all for emotion, show emotion. But when you start looking into our dugout, it's personal. And you start, you know, signaling at our dugout, then it becomes a problem. And that part I didn't like. And, and, and the, the Jays have every right to react the way they did. I don't know about Mateo holding Vladdy and Teoscar all at once. Because if you want to go get someone, you go get someone. You don't let one guy hold two, guys, two, of, the, two of the bigger guys on the team. <laughs> But you know what? Um, and even Teo was a little bit confused by it too. He was like in his interview, he was like, I don't I don't even know what that was all about because I'm not the type of guy to to even I mean, he's like the quietest guy ever. And to for him to be ticked off the way he was, obviously they they had an issue with it. And again, I'm all for emotion. You wanna pimp a home run, go ahead. You wanna pimp a strikeout, go ahead. But the moment that you look into the dugout and you start signaling and you start saying, Come on. But then you back away, too, after your whole team is in front of you. It's like, don't do that, dude. What's the point of that? But again, Drew, it's it's one of those things where tensions are high. Two teams battling, you know, one's chasing the other. And I'm a little worried for today's game because we know how Alec Manoa likes to pitch. We know he likes pitching inside. We know that sometimes he hits guys that one of those guys is going to take it personal the he umpire, does lead the American League and hit batters. <laughs> the umpiring crew is a little suspect that it would stink if they issued warnings right before the game and then something happens along the lines where Manoa maybe hits somebody and they think it's intentional and then next thing you know, he's kicked out. I'm just thinking ahead. I'm just thinking, you know, different different thoughts about what can happen. But again, it's one of those things where the tensions are going to be running high today again. And and you, you saw the shot of Manoa at the end of the game where he sat in the dugout and he looked at them celebrating after their win and he's just kind of nodding his head like okay like here we go hey that's a motherfucker you want on that mound (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna sugarcoat it that's the guy you want like that's the guy that's getting ready for battle that's the guy that's saying all right give me the ball i'm ready for this it's awesome when you have a guy like that a guy that is not scared of of the moment and he knows it's a big game. He knows it can shift the other way towards them. Um, three out of four sounds better than going two and two against them. And they have the right guy on the mound. But again, it, I'm just a little worried that the umpiring crew might try and take matters into their own hands. Obviously, John Schneider got thrown out yesterday. Jeff Nelson seems to be the the talk of this this series with Gosman. Call it when he called that Bach and Gosman, which is so awkward, odd, and just weird that he wouldn't even give him a warning. Usually, an umpire gives you a warning at first, or they'll come up to you. I've had umpires come up to me and say, "Hey, man, can you just make sure you stop a little, all right? Or I'm gonna call it." Cool, no biggie. But the fact that he just came and did that to Gosman, and Gosman was fired up, and I feel like all the Jays have 
this thing against Jeff Nelson right now, and they should, man. I mean, hey, hey, hey you're you're screwing these guys over sometimes, and or a lot of the times. And uh, again, it's gonna be a fun game today, and and I'm looking forward to Manoa on the bump, and uh, and just these tensions if they continue to get high, even better, man. It's it's playoff baseball for sure. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Jeff Nelson thing is really interesting. Yeah, the, the, So but let me just backtrack real quick. Think about the, the incident. There was a good shot of Teoscar kind of after he ground, hit into that double player, grounded out, and Baker looks like he said something to him and and Teoscar would like had a bit of a smile on his face, like that's that's weird because Teoscar took him deep the day before, and then he decides he needs to to chirp at him again. But uh, 
and the thing with Jeff Nelson with that, the word that, that they used, the Blue Jays were using was premeditated. Like he came in being like, I'm going to call a box. He box. Well, I think we saw that and the same thing with the with the play at the plate and that, that review call where like the integrity of the game is sort of secondary to like this really semantic rule following kind of flex. The play at the plate, the thing with Kirk, how he was standing in the in the in the lane for a brief second before he moved out of the way. That rule was put in place to protect the players, to not have them making these crazy collisions, not having them running into each other, sliding through each other. That call as interpreted in that way, because it is so ambiguous, I just think it's crazy. And then the same thing with with the Jeff Nelson's decision to go and call that balk without a warning, without a conversation. Are you in protecting the integrity of the game? What's the reason for a buck? Why do you call a buck? Because you're trying to deceive the runner, right? That's the that's the that's the the genesis of that rule. Don't you can't try to trick the runner into thinking you're doing one thing when you're doing something else. Obviously, there's still an element of deception in the game, but like, who is being served by that? Is is he in that moment was trying to deceive the runner by doing things exactly the same as he always has, as he did the very next pitch? It's not deceiving anybody. So what are you protecting? What What is it that, that you're running around like over power mad mall cop? It's so stupid. It just doesn't serve the game. Let the players play. Protect the players. Put rules in place that are going to keep the guys from getting injured. And it's not the Buster Posey rule. It, it, you know, there's, there's, uh, I keep talking. I always forget the, the actual guy that like precipitated this, the, the rule change. But it's not the Buster Posey rule, but it's to protect the game's players. Keep the best players in the field. Let them play the game. It's not Dungeons and Dragons. It's not Stratomatic. We're not just rolling the dice and saying like, this guy's got this much talent, so we can expect him to get a hit this, minute, this, this amount of time. He's still got to play. And those two things coming back to back, it's just to me, is so frustrating. I, I honest to God, the score didn't help. I turned it off after that, after that rule change last, that ruling last night. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't need to, to sit here like with this. It's just, I was, it's frustrating because it's just like, like I play men's league and, and I wouldn't want somebody to come in and try to run me over playing men's league. We all go to, go to work the next day. This, this is on a, this, these stakes are different in the big leagues, but at the same time, that, that idea is still the same. Protect each other. Have that respect of, of your colleagues, of the of, of the players in the other field or on the other side of the field. But like, there, no one is being protected by that. There's no no safety was not a concern. It's just so stupid. And then that Jeff Nelson just inserting himself into the into the story, inserting himself into the game repeatedly, issuing these things. That if they issue warnings before the game, that would be crazy to me because nothing happened yesterday. Nobody got thrown at. No, the bench is cleared in an unrelated incident. They issued the warnings. It diffused the situation. Like, let it let it be what it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's crazy. It was stupid because they even issued a warning on Felix Bautista when he came in. I saw the umpire come up to him, and I was like, why? Why? Like, like what, what are we doing? Like, it was nothing that had to do with guys being thrown at. It was just something that happened between the lines. Two guys, one guy being fired up and chirping at the dugout and... The dugout reacting the way they did. But why is it automatically have to be like, warning, you can't hit anybody. And it's like, what if they weren't going to hit anybody? Like, if you don't give out a warning and somebody gets hit, hey, then you probably give out a warning. But this whole, like, you're right. Like, the game of baseball, sometimes it's trying to get too cute with all these rules and, and stuff like that. That you said it. I mean, you turn you, you turn off the TV because you're so damn mad. The score was what it was. And they, they were probably going to lose the game regardless. But... Stuff like that frustrates you for the future of this game. And you sit here and wonder, 
what do we teach catchers nowadays? How do you even teach them? Like, like, are you supposed to just if the ball's thrown you like if is if it's being thrown offline, like do you just let it go? Because hey, if I go and try and get it, I have the risk of maybe blocking the plate, which is what happened yesterday. Like, he's obviously taking him where the throw's going. He even gives him a lane, and the next next thing you know, he comes back, tags him, and 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 somehow that still wasn't good enough. And it's like, what do we teach our catchers? What how do we teach them the right way? Like, do we just as a third base coach, so you sit there and say, all right, everyone, just go, 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 because we run the risk of maybe the catcher blocking the lane, and next thing you know, it's a run for us. A frustrating thing for me, and it's not his fault, but was immediately, like the players are looking for it. They're looking to yeah. exploit this. Yes. When Rutschman slides in, and he jumps up and he starts pointing, because he knew what he saw. He was like, when I was halfway between third and home, he was standing in the way. He got out of the way to the point where one thing I saw a lot of people say was like, they thought that Rutschman was safe because I think Kirk went so far out of his way yeah, to, to not block the plate, to not be in the way that he let, he almost let it, he could have let him slide, slide back in safely. That wasn't what the replays were focused on. So I, I didn't get a better look, but like, like play the game, play the game with integrity, play the game to win, protect yourself, protect your fellow competitor. But like, this is just so, it was just so sad and you're never going to hear me say something like it's soft or like we're, you know, this coddled. I don't think it's that at all. Play smart, but play the game to win. Like it's a it's a physical game. There's going to be contact. If you're doing your job in good faith as a catcher, to be like, I'm gonna, I'm just trying to field the ball, and I'm gonna tag this guy before he gets to the plate. You know, I'm not gonna lay down and lay my body in front of there and put myself or him in a position to be injured. But I can do my job into where a guy like Kirk is almost overcorrecting and still gets it wrong. Like they still quote unquote gets it wrong. It's really unfortunate and. And uh, one thing I do want to say was uh, you talk about the umpire coming up to him. I think that the fact that Manny Gonzalez was on the field yesterday was like, I don't know, when he came over to clarify with Felix Bautista, you know, just probably, you know, uh, Gonzalez being Spanish probably helps Bautista when the when Nelson comes out and just kind of said, there were warnings. And then just to make sure that everybody knew, it's nice to have, right? It's nice to have a, a guy who can speak the language that so many players in, in the league speak as well. Not to say that Manny Gonzalez is a good, bad, or indifferent umpire. I don't know. But one of those things, when you, when you know an umpire's name, it's usually because he's fucked up and he's pissed you <laughs> off. <laughs> so uh, one thing also, now looking ahead, we can get past this. Hey, but believe it or not, b- believe it or not, Jeff Nelson's scorecard came out. He was 88%. He was plus 1.54 runs for the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> You know, Jeff Nelson's not all bad. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a complex guy. But you mentioned Felix Bautista, who is uh, so nasty. God, just absolute filth. Just a, such a huge dude coming way right over the top and throwing that nasty splitter. But he went multiple innings last night. And not only did he go multiple innings, uh, Dylan Tate went multiple in, like went an inning and two thirds. Sion Perez went an inning and a third. Right, facing, you know, Tate throws 30 pitches, Perez throws 17, Baker throws 17, Batista throws 25. Maybe think at least a couple of those guys are probably down for Wednesday's game, which could kind of swing the the advantage back to the Blue Jays a little bit. Uh, I saw that, uh, what's his name, coming off the uh, Tyler Webb, coming off the, off the injured list, going to start for Baltimore today. But like you said, the Blue Jays have the guy they want out there more than anything, Alec Manoa. Who's pitched so well? You mentioned that series. We haven't talked a lot about that series in Pittsburgh. Man, that is a bad team. That Pirates team is like truly, truly dreadful. And the American League is such this year that with the Blue Jays, you know, facing these American League East teams as often as they do, facing 
and Baltimore being so improved that you don't get to see a lot of as many bad teams in the American League. And so you know the Tigers are pretty bad. The Royals are are, are very very young, but like man, when you see that that Pittsburgh team is like really really bad. I feel truly I truly feel for those fans in Pittsburgh because man, that's a bad team. And and the Blue Jays took care of business, right? They went in and and I think that was a really great gamble that they made on Saturday, being like we're going to do a bullpen game today. We're facing this truly awful team with a really, really, you know, un, not a good offense. Let's gamble a little bit. Let's take a risk. Have a bullpen day today. Let's and then line up our starters for the doubleheader. It really, really worked out. And and you want to give credit to Brian or John Schneider. Um, I'm sure that there were others within the organization that made you know helped and, and kind of fueled those choices. But uh, that's a, I, I think that's a really worthwhile and really smart uh, series of moves that the Blue Jays made to set set themselves up to to win this big series. Yeah, no, they they did. Yeah, we we touched on it earlier, like Manoa, and I thought it was pretty cool, man, that he had his whole West Virginia team there. Obviously, he was at the West Virginia Pittsburgh game the night before, and West Virginia football team lost a heartbreaker. <laughs> the fact that his alma mater came to watch him throw, and he delivered another excellent performance, and you see the emotion of him coming off out of the game and him uh, kind of saluting them. It, I, I thought all that stuff was pretty cool. I mean, anytime you're able to make an impact, West Virginia. Uh, obviously is is a good baseball school but it's not like it's like a powerhouse where you're talking about it like the texas of the world so anytime you you get a guy that's doing what he's doing in the big leagues and is able to make an impact on a program can obviously help boost the program that much more so i thought that was pretty cool and and you said it i mean pittsburgh is a bad team but those are the teams that you're supposed to beat and 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 good on them for sweeping them man because i was like even if they drop one like they just can't. <laughs> they can't drop one. Pittsburgh at times made it hard on Sunday, but, you know, they, they overcame that. And Jordan Romano, I mean, my goodness, Drew, I mean, he's been amazing. He's just been on another level of, of dominant. You got to tip your hat off to him, too, and him being able to go multiple innings and, and stuff like that lately. A guy that they're going to rely on a lot, you know, come late September into October and all that stuff. So, it almost seems like it's coming all together for them. And, and we talked about it last week, too. We said it like it, it seems like these guys are starting to realize what their roles are and, 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 and they're mentally preparing for those roles. Obviously, we knew Romano was the closer, but the guys in front of him are the ones that I feel like know where they're when they're going to pitch, when their name's going to be called upon. John Schneider's done a great job. So you got to give it up to him for that. Um, to me, this is just my observation as a fan. And when I watch the game on TV, I love how much communication goes on between him and Pete Walker. It just seems like they're always talking. They're always trying to think ahead because sometimes you do have to think ahead as a manager, as a pitching coach. You have to say, okay, if Berrios goes out for the seven and he gets in trouble, who do we have coming up? Who should we get up? And it always seems like they're just talking. And, and that to me is the biggest key to anything is having communication between manager and pitching coach and having a great relationship and it just seems like they they have that really really well and they they've and, and you just see it on tv a lot alec we know also the one thing that you and i talked about a bit was like it would be nice to see him have a bit of a easier outing right have a little bit of like a go in and not be in not grinding not battling not having these high stress innings and the pittsburgh pirates are good for what ails you because he was in there and he he did exactly that it was he was definitely felt like he was he was cruising that much more and really dominant. I did. I don't think I realized that uh, West Virginia, Morgantown, it's like seventy-five miles from Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. 
And also, the other thing was awesome. So you heard me on the last time you and I talked, I was like, if you got time, go down. Oh, boy, did Blue Jays fans ever show up in Pittsburgh? There were thousands. Yeah, I, I, I thousands saw of them. It was crazy. I had so many people, uh, all you know, on Instagram and stuff and, and wherever else, like, down in Pittsburgh, taking pictures at the game, getting great, creating great photos, having a great time. It's a good place to go and see a game. So I mean that the Blue Jays are definitely back in that mode now with you know being what they were whenever they're whenever the Blue Jays are a really you know super competitive team. I mean no matter what, Blue Jays fans travel well. But when the team is good and the mood is good around the team, people show up on in those border towns in Detroit, even in Baltimore. You know, yesterday and, uh, and and during some of the rain delays, there was the "Let's Go Blue Jays" chant was loud throughout Camden Yards. A good time, a good time to be a Blue Jays fan. The Blue Jays look ahead; they are headed after tonight, Wednesday's game against the Orioles, a big one. They're in against Texas, so Texas maybe not quite as bad as some of the other teams that the Blue Jays played in this sort of this softer part of the schedule. That they've done exactly what they needed to do. You know, the Rangers are are not exactly a pushover, but that's a team that is 15 games below 500, 17 games below 500. That's a team the Blue Jays need to go in and take the take that series. They do, and they can't let their guard down against Texas because they do they can hit, um, and they have some guys they can hit. So yeah, I mean it's an another important series. I, I mean they're 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 in playoff mode, Drew. They're in playoff mode. They've been in playoff mode. They have to stay in playoff mode. Every game is a playoff playoff game for them, and and they can't say okay like we're gonna. We're going to take it easy or not that they do, but you know, I, I feel like John Schneider said it best a few, this is after they got swept. I believe it's like, you got to commit to winning for three and a half hours. You got to come out and commit to winning. And if you do that, we're going to be on the right side of things. And right now they seem to be on the, on the right side of things. And if, if they drop one, okay, cool. You just can't let it snowball into one, two, three in a row. And then next thing you know, you're back where we were. Um, after that Angel series where everyone was panicking and, and, and everyone's wondering, like, man, can can the Jays not make the playoffs? But right now they seem to be on the right track. The Bo Jays are doing great work. And, you know, they got Texas and then Tampa again, Baltimore. So it's a lot of the same teams here to close up the season. It's going to be a fun, fun ride going uh, into uh, late September. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. It is going to be a fun ride. It's going to be fun for the Blue Jays to catch up with uh, former Blue Jay Marcus Simeon, of course, uh, Corey Seager, lots of really good, you know, there's some pretty good players in that Tigers dugout, even though, or the Rangers dugout, even though they're they're not great. But there's, you know, like you said, you just described it in the Pirates series. You don't expect them to sweep. You can't say go in and sweep, but then they did it. And, and you know, I don't think you expect the Blue Jays to go in and sweep. The Rangers are not quite that bad, but this is a series, like, like all of them at this stage, in playoff mode, you got to win. Got to win the series. Got to find a way. Got to find a way to 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 get a better performance out of Mitch White. Got to find a way to uh, to make it all work. But uh, it's an exciting time. Exciting time to be a Blue Jays fan. And you, you got something to say? Yeah, I got one thing for you, Drew. If if you're managing this team, what do you do going forward with this fifth spot? You can't keep giving games away. You you just can't. You you just you're gonna need some consistency out of that fifth spot. At least till the season ends, because when the playoffs start, then you can just maybe rely on three, four starters, right? And they have those four guys. But out of that fifth spot, you can't keep going down four nothing, five nothing. Or, for example, last night you're you're up three nothing, and then you just cough up the lead right away, and 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 and, and it just seemed like it snowballed on on Mitch White. So, what do you do there as a manager? I mean, 
where is the depth to this team? Who Give me the best AAA starter. Who is it? Casey Lawrence? If that's the case, then hey, maybe it's time. Let's go. Let's see if you can give me five innings. Five innings. That's it. I feel like that's what we've been looking for out of that fifth fight. Just give me five. Six would be amazing, but just give me five at this point. I think this is you know, the, the Mitch White situation is the kind of thing where you start looking for ways that you can you can manage it and maybe use a starter or an opener, I should say. Right. Like what can we do to, to, to give him that, that that the best chance to um, to get through? You know, he's a guy that first time through the order. He's uh, his numbers are good. Second time through the order, his numbers are much worse. Third time through the order, his numbers are awful. So you're not you're not gonna you know if I, it's me, I'm not gonna let Mitch White face see a team three times. I'm I might get I might just say go get me through twice, get me through twice, and let me let's see if we can maybe if let's use Trevor Richards, you know who's been using more and more high leverage situations. But like, what can you give me, Trevor Richards, or someone can can you give me two innings out to start the game, and then we put then we put White in, yeah, you know if you can get White. To start off at the bottom of the order, get through the top of the order once, and then see where you where you are. Is that asking a lot? Maybe you know is is that is that going to be tougher to do in this in this in this not as expanded roster kind of era? Potentially, it's worth taking a shot because you don't have any options. Casey Lawrence isn't he's not a better off option to me. Like it's great that he's he's able to get outs in, in the minor leagues and stuff, but I, I I would much rather stick with a guy like Mitch White, who's shown that he can get big leaders out. Just not not enough at a time right now, but I, I think that I'm looking to see who I can slide in there. You know, we, we've seen some really good stuff from Yusei Kikuchi and some really like perfectly selected opportunities. He's struck, striking out like 40% of the batters that he's faced since coming uh, going into the bullpen. So maybe you, you say, let's get somebody if it's Richards or David Phelps, get me through one. If everything goes perfectly, maybe get me two. Then I can bring in Mitch White, and then I can bring Yusei Kikuchi. And hope that I it, it's a it's an opportunity for for me to uh, to score some more runs. Fair enough. Yeah. No, it's I mean, it's, makes it's, it's a legitimate concern. He's been he's not his numbers are awful, right? His numbers are really bad recently. But uh, that for me, I, I, I'm not willing to go because the roster you don't have any roster spots, right? You know, Casey Lawrence is kind of holding Nate Pearson's not roster spot on the 40 man roster in a way right now as well as Blue Jays wait with bated breath for, to see what he can do. Uh, you know, you got Julian Merriweather, who's who's been added to the roster. So I think you're a little bit stuck. I'd like to see them be a little bit ho- more hopeful. I mean, his next start is what? Is his next start going to come? Well, he's going to miss the Rangers, I guess. So you got him starting against Tampa. So do do to Tampa what they've been doing to you for years and years and years. <laughs> Throw the opener out there. Yeah. Get it, get it, get it done. So it's 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 something to monitor for sure, and it is a, qu- a question that they're that they're uh, I'm sure battling with and grappling with. For me, that's probably how I do it next time out. Give him another shot, see if you can put him in a better su- uh, position to succeed, and then you got to make a decision for the for the real crunch time after that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Enjoy the games. Enjoy that weird cast iron grill that they call a ballpark there in Texas, and then uh, more big games. Games against the race, games against the Orioles, yet to come. His name is Ricky Romero. My name is Drew Fairservice. We will see you, and you'll hear from us very soon on the next edition of Spin Rate.